I am Alex Blumenstein. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, May 31st, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Alex, have you sabotaged Brett's return trip home? I don't know. Maybe he's just still stuck in secondary screening. You know, the people wanted more Alex, so I'm back for an encore. One more set. You know, this is the last waltz, the greatest hits. We're just going to close out strong here tonight. It's the nightmare that will just not end. No, I'm just kidding. We we look forward to, we look, this has been great and we look forward to getting Brett back. We hope he's not really in line at Pearson, although looking at the lines, it may be entirely possible that he is actually stuck in one of them. Alex, aside from Brett's travel plans, what do we have for Peak Files today? All right, for our first story, the Port of Vancouver ranks among the least efficient ports in the world. Our second story, the EU sorta bans Russian oil. And for our third story, a 592,000 pound machine has been officially declared the world's speediest supercomputer. We'll start today's Peak Daily on the west coast of Canada, where the Port of Vancouver, which links Canada and Asia, has ranked among the least efficient ports in the world, according to a new report by the World Bank and S&P Global. The report ranks the world's ports based on performance metrics, including how quickly goods can be moved on and off the massive ships that power global trade. Now, the port's shortcomings became a severe problem during the pandemic. In 2021, the surge in demand for goods from Asia spiked West Coast port traffic. And this combined with reduced freight capacity, labor shortages, led to severe congestion, which was made worse by wildfires and flooding that occurred all along the West Coast. To try and avoid product shortages seen during the holidays last year, companies are now already placing large orders even earlier. The Vancouver Fraser Port Authority CEO said the issues are here to stay unless a proposed expansion is approved. He added that the port could run out of container capacity in as soon as five years. And now that would definitely add to supply chain issues. And hey, I don't want to, you know, well, it doesn't really matter for you and I, Jay, but it would ruin Christmas. <laughs> it certainly would. So outside of you and I, has this impact the peak balance? No, it won't affect my Christmas much at all. But bottlenecks <laughs> at Canada's largest port directly impact your wallet, my wallet, all of our wallets. The upcoming surge in imports ahead of the back to school and the holidays will likely add to an existing logistical challenge and further reduce the supply of goods and, importantly, drive up prices. As the port enters its ninth year of waiting for environmental approval to expand, it plans to deploy a billion dollars to build capacity and streamline operations. The European Union has taken the biggest step yet in kicking its Russian energy habit as its leaders meet to agree on an oil ban. After banning Russian oil last month, the EU turned its attention to Russian oil, which makes up 29% of the EU's oil imports. Since the war began in February, the EU has spent $23 billion per month on Russian crude. And this definitely highlights how dependent Europe is on Russia, even though they're sanctioning and condemning Russia for their invasion of Ukraine. An oil ban has been long awaited because of how big a Thai energy imports are between the EU and Russia. This is a tie that many feel needs to be severed to punish Russia. So Jay, how do we get here? Well, EU leaders are set to endorse the proposal today, though it's likely won't happen until next month, to ban Russian oil transported by tankers, which accounts for two-thirds of Russian oil imports, but will still permit pipeline delivery for nations most heavily dependent on Russian oil, such as Germany, Slovakia, and the Czech Republic, and importantly, Hungary. All nations are committed to ending the exemption in the coming years, except for Hungary, which plans to indefinitely, as Prime Minister Viktor Orban is the staunchest opponent of the ban and maintains 
close ties with Russia. If the U.S. ban passes, Russia will still supply the EU with energy through liquefied natural gas, LNG, a fossil fuel used for heating and power generation. In the first two months following the invasion of Ukraine, here's something for you, Alex. Russian LNG deliveries to Europe actually increased by 20% and accounted for 40% of the supplies last year. Interesting. So the EU, they got to they gotta kick this habit. The EU aims to ramp up its own energy production with big bets on renewable hydrogen and look for new suppliers, which could potentially include us, Canada. Peak pals will remember from yesterday's pod that our natural resource minister, Jonathan Wilkinson, said Canada could potentially supply Europe with LNG within three years. Time for story three. It may not seem like it when Siri struggles with the simplest of requests, but computers are getting smarter. In fact, a massive machine in Tennessee has been officially declared the world's speediest supercomputer. Supercomputers are room-sized computers that boast a high level of performance that your MacBook never could, even with the M1 chip. Now, originally developed to do supervillain-type tasks like crack codes and design weapons, now they're used to develop vaccines, test car designs, and model climate change. Alex, how'd the computational champ get its rank? At a competition, of course. On Monday, a 592,000-pound machine named Frontier dominated in a set of tests used to rank supercomputers, resulting in a milestone for the high-speed technology. But experts say two machines in China might be even faster. But apparently more interested in maintaining secrecy than setting records, the country has kept its work hush-hush to frustrate U.S. efforts to hinder its advances. This is things like limiting access to parts that China needs to advance these computers even further. So last year, Chinese researchers won an award for simulating a calculation that would have taken 10,000 years on the fastest machine before Frontier in just 304 seconds. I personally can't even compute what most of this means or what could take 10,000 years to compute. (laughs) Well, you're a super guy, not a supercomputer. Well, Canada follows Japan, Germany, and France with 11 ranked supercomputers, a promising start giving their increasing role in innovation spanning quantum mechanics to oil and gas exploration. Peak Pals, thanks again for having me. Thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks, Jay, for having me. Thanks, Brett, for letting me sit in. Thanks to Dale and 306 Media Productions for making me sound good. <laughs> well, thank you, Dale. And thank you, Alex. And Alex just had a funny thought. It's like all the supercomputers in like a battle royale from like the WWF. It's like computers battling each other, throwing each other over the top ring. But I guess that's not the way it actually works. These are like, these are heavyweight computers. Sure, sure is a funny thought, Jay. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Well, I just computed that <laughs> in four seconds. So, We hope to see you again soon, and we love you, and we hope Brett comes back soon. Have a good one. Thank you all.